the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. We're going hopping, hopping, we're going hopping today When things are popping, pop, I feel the Delphi way We're going to drop it, drop, on all the music they play On the bandstand, Good morning, and welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners, and here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture, and then develop plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Flow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. The autumn weather this week has been great. Uh, cool mornings and evenings and midday highs in the 60s and 70s. And the weather forecast goes clear days, probably until Friday. Maybe they'll change by then and then maybe it'll be till next Sunday. Who knows? In fact, the week ahead might be more like summer with highs in the mid-70s and mid-80s. Uh, there'll be lots of uh, good days for walks and runs and bike rides. I'm going to stick to walking myself. That way I can watch uh, Mother Nature all around me, the chipmunks and the squirrels and everything else. And I notice the leaves are starting to change. The trees aren't ready yet to put on their full display of reds and oranges. But uh, if you look at the forest today as you drive by, you see a lot of that uh, first color change. But nothing as startling as you see in two or three more weeks. But in any case, autumn is a great time of the year to enjoy the outdoors before old man winter arrives. In fact, uh, I think I I haven't seen ice on the windshield yet, so 
Uh, I guess we haven't had a frost yet, and here it is basically almost in the middle of October. Uh, right now, one of the lesser outside jobs is raking up the leaves. This is an easy job right now, but wait for another couple of weeks, and then after some heavy rains, the leaves will come down like an avalanche. After that, leaf raking will be my main exercise program for several weekends. But even then, I'll be outside enjoying the gardens and the fall foliage, and even when raking the leaves or moving, mowing the grass, we can still think about our financial plan. Our, uh, we got new goals. Uh, think about investments, maybe even uh, estate planning. Oh, and don't forget Columbus Day. Some people will get off Monday and have a long weekend. Uh, state and federal government offices will be closed, and that includes the post office. Uh, banks will be closed, as well as the bond market. The stock market will be open, though, on uh, Monday. So this week, global equities mostly ended up after a volatile week in the U.S. The three major indices ended up for the week in the U.K. and the European Union. Uh, equities indices uh, also ended up in Asia, ended up mixed with Japan down for the week. On Friday, the major U.S. equities indices closed at uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average, 34,746.25. It was up 1.2% for the week. The Standard and Poor 500 closed at 4,391.34. That was up eight tenths of a percent for the week, and the Nasdaq closed at fourteen thousand five hundred and seventy nine point five four, and that was up barely one tenth of a percent for the week. A major contributor to the week's volatility has been the question of would Congress raise the debt ceiling, uh, national debt ceiling, uh, which stands at approximately $28.4 trillion, and uh, would they raise it to protect the future stability and creditworthiness of the uh, U.S. Treasury bonds and the uh, U.S. government? Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has warned that her uh, department was likely to exhaust all of its cash conservation measures by October 18th if Congress doesn't act. And according to what she said at the White House meeting on Wednesday, the country is staring into a catastrophe, quote, unquote. Well, the breakthrough emerged uh, Wednesday afternoon when Mitch McConnell proposed extending the uh, debt ceiling until December, provided that the, de the Democrats affix a dollar amount to the uh, debt limit. So... Uh, Senate Democrats said that they'd agree to the offer from Republicans to, to vote for a short-term uh, debt limit increase. So on Thursday, Thursday evening, uh, the Senate passed legislation that would give Congress until early uh, December to address the debt ceiling again. So uh, the one-sentence text of the amended bill, Senate Bill 1301, would increase the Treasury's Department's statutory borrowing cap by $480 billion, or enough to get to December 3rd. Uh, that's the end. Uh, that would line up the the debt limit and December 3rd's uh, uh, government funding deadlines when the continuing resolution 
uh, lapses. Remember, they a week before they had gone through this uh, uh, effort to uh, fund uh, the federal government from uh, October 1st until December 3rd with continuing resolution and stuff like that. Now they're going to move the debt ceiling back to December 3rd also. But uh, there might be some wiggle room there. And and it basically sets up a potential uh, financial cliff later this year. But the senator said uh, Thursday there likely would be enough wiggle room with the incoming tax receipts and other accounting tools to buy additional time, perhaps postponing the new debt uh, limit deadline into early 2022. So uh, to get around the Senate filibuster rules that require 60 votes to get to the get a bill to the floor of the Senate, enough Republicans joined the Democrats. Uh, it took a little arm twisting to do that. Uh, joined the Democrats to invoke closure on the bill by a vote of 61 to 38. After that, uh, the measure was put on the floor and uh, passed the chamber by 50 to 48 votes along party lines. Uh, That still has to be voted on by the House and signed by the President, and the House Democrat leaders will likely need to bring their chamber back from recess uh, early to vote on the bill. So, you you would expect maybe Tuesday or Wednesday uh, there'll be House action on the bill and then it'll be signed off by the president uh, to meet that uh, October 18th deadline. And then at that point, the senators headed off on recess. <laughs> they got they got one bill. They got uh, they last week uh, the week before they got the uh, uh, federal government funded until December 3rd and. Now they've got the almost got the uh, uh, the debt limit, the national debt limit uh, increased uh, to, to get us to uh, perhaps into early next year. So another source of volatility, you know, it continues to be the COVID, uh, the Delta variant, and but uh, we seem to be winning the war there in terms of its uh, the pandemic is lessening each week as vaccinations proceed at approximately 1 million vaccinations a day. Uh, the latest results from the uh, pandemic has, uh, shows that the uh, shows decreases of approximately 20% over the last two weeks. In other words, the new cases, as of October 8th, the, the new cases that happened approximately that date were around 97,900. Uh, that was down 20% from the two weeks beforehand. In the early part of September, it was 160,000 new cases a day. And then the hospital, people at the hospital right now are close to 70,000, and that's down 21% also in the last two weeks. The death is, uh, death is, uh, 1,770 per day, and that's down 14%. And, uh, uh, hopefully, we'll get this thing down to the point where uh, uh, we've got it under control by the time the flu season starts. Uh, we now have approximately 80% of the adult population uh, immunized somehow, either by catching the virus and surviving it or by getting vaccinated. Uh, 
Um, the question now is the uh, the youngsters end up going back to school, things of this nature. So there could be uh, another groundswell of this uh, pandemic before we uh, totally get it under control. So it, it's continuing to, to surprise us every every few months, and uh, but people are trying to trying to get back to normal as best they can. And there was another shock to the, the um, stock market on Friday, and that's when the Department of Labor reported that September's payroll increased only by 194,000 jobs. Uh, that was a big miss uh, from a consensus expectation of 500,000 jobs. So the obvious question is, where are the workers? Uh, we'll talk about that in detail later in the show. Um, you know, when we examine the uh, <clears throat> Department of Labor, they come out with a job situation report each month and shows that uh, how many new jobs appeared in, in different areas, different parts of the economy. And uh, uh, we'll go through it. There's some silver linings in there. <clears throat> Even though the job market forecast missed the headline uh, by a mile. There's still some good news in the report. There was also good news for the economy in the uh, U.S. Uh, Department of Commerce, and they reported on factory orders and shipments uh, for August. Uh, uh, factory orders and shipments both look good, and we'll talk about that later in the show today, too. In addition, uh, qualitative reports uh, come out from the Institute of Supply Management, and uh, they address the manufacturing sector and the service sector. <clears throat> and in those particular reports, what happens is that the uh, <clears throat> the Institute of Supply Management uh, talks to managers in those particular manufacturing industries, gets their comments on uh, this month, uh, better than last month in terms of things like um, orders, new orders, uh, backlogs, uh, uh, shipments, uh, delivery times, prices that they pay and prices that they get, uh, all sorts of, there's about 10 items that they, <clears throat> the managers are asked to comment about. And basically, what the organization has to do is massage those numbers and grind them up and come up with a, um, uh, a one index number. And they do that for manufacturing and they do that for service, uh, the service sector. And there's probably about 18 sectors in manufacturing and probably another 18 in the service sector, which they have to uh, go through that operation for. And in addition, uh, there's another group called the IHS Market Corporation, and they use a totally different methodology, but they also uh, assess the uh, manufacturing sectors as well as the service sectors. And uh, uh, both of them are showing that uh, in the U.S., the, what you're seeing is that the manufacturing is, is moving along in, in good fashion, and so is the service industries. And that's not, having said that... <laughs> Excuse me. Let me have a, a sip of coffee here. Having said that, 
you know, we're still we're still fighting with um, uh, supply chains. And in fact, if you look around the globe, what you see is that the United States is probably in better shape than most countries, particularly in Asia. It's one of the problems with all these uh, supply chains that uh, uh, Asia is feeling the uh, COVID worse than we are right now. And uh, it's leading to disruptions in factories. It's leading to disruptions in shipping, where uh, one of the cargo vessels uh, goes into, it has to be quarantined for a week or two before it can be unloaded or before it can even hit the the wharf. And uh, then uh, they might end up with a port being shut down because of COVID. there's all sorts of issues and problems that are going on in this uh, supply chain that um, are basically centered in Asia. And uh, it's causing uh, price increases, it's causing delays in terms of appliances, in terms of uh, parts and things of this nature. And, uh, you know, we're really seeing the, the... the dark side of this globalization idea that uh, uh, the United States bought into 20, 20 or 30 years ago. So uh, so <clears throat> the indications are uh, that <clears throat> from both the IA, the Institute of Supply Management, as well as the Market Corporation, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, the, the manufacturing and the service industries are in good shape. And... Uh, also, just as an added disruption this week, uh, Facebook and Instagram and, and Instagram and uh, WhatsApp app, uh, they had they collapsed worldwide for six hours on Monday, and then they they dropped off for two hours on Friday. So, <clears throat> uh, surprise, surprise, it surprises everywhere. Uh, in the big picture, though, what you're seeing is that the uh, we're getting control of the COVID. Uh, not to say that we've won the battles yet, but we've won the war yet, but we're winning the battles. And uh, the economy is uh, um, recovering. The recovery, as I said before, was, was um, much broader and much uh, stronger than anybody anticipated. So we're, we're scrapped for uh, people, for workers, for uh, <clears throat> parts were inventories, and uh, <clears throat> it's just a matter of working our way through the whole thing. <clears throat> that brings us down to uh, the, uh, the what the what the uh, econ what the plan looks like on your side, and we'll talk about that after we come back. This is uh, Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call. Our toll free number is one. 888-281-1110. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. Saturday, what a day. Rockin' all week with you. This day is Sunshine, goodbye rain She's wearing my school ring on a chain She's my steady, I'm her man I'm gonna love her all I can Stay. 
Are you going to give up the children's braces? Are you going to give up, uh, uh, you got to hold on to the car longer? Or what are you going to do? And you have the resources and you have the, and the tools to be able to make those decisions. So to me, if the financial planning is, is getting a, a grip on one part of your life, you know, it's not the, not the biggest part of your life, but it is your finances. And it is getting you to the point where you can meet your goals in terms of the standard of living for the uh, uh, family, uh, the uh, education of the children, the uh, retirement planning, and all the rest of the, the all the rest of the things in life that come along as we're uh, moving through life. You know, life is uh, what happens as we. As we uh, as the, as the calendar goes by. So, uh, to me, uh, it's necessary to put those numbers together, uh, even if it's in the, uh, even if it's in your case, you might be just thinking about your goals, planning your goals. Uh, and it, as I mentioned before, it might be one of those things that you do on the, when you're mowing the lawn, even. Uh, Somewhere along the line, you've got to put it on paper, and maybe somewhere on the log, along the line, you have to ask for advice. You can do it yourself, or you can ask for advice and hire other people to do it. And that's basically what we do. Uh, you know, for a living, is essentially develop financial plans for people, and uh, you know, handle the investments. So, this is uh, Jim Backley's. Uh, you're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Now, stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement, finding that right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, you know, one of the things we talked about earlier was uh, that big mist on the um, uh, the employment situation report. One of the ways we were uh, hoping that there would be an additional uh, 500,000 jobs, and that was the 
an economist uh, uh, consensus, but it came in at 194,000, which shocked a lot of people. And, uh, uh, you know, and that, that, that report is called the uh, payroll situation or employment situation report from the Department of Labor. And uh, uh, that's been the smallest uh, payroll growth basically this year. If I take a look at January, January was 233,000. The payroll grew by 233,000. February was 468. Then it was March was 785. April was 269. And May, 583. June was 962. July was 1,091,000. And then August, uh, the revised number was 366,000, and now we're down to 100 and, uh, uh, 194,000. So uh, this figure had evidence that fears about the virus and the global supply constraints are continuing to hold back the economic recovery. The biggest factor behind uh, last month's weak payroll gain was a decline in uh, public service jobs, mainly at schools and employment in uh, private sector industries uh, grew by 317,000 in September uh, with uh, modest gains across several industries. The the spread this summer of the Delta variant, the particularly contagious uh, strain of the uh, COVID-19, I'm I'm sure it uh, spooked... uh, uh, job seekers and Im- impeded the uh, job growth in September, uh, despite many companies being desperate to hire. And uh, in addition to the employment situation report, uh, the uh, the one for August, the previous month, that was revised from the original what was originally reported as uh, 235,000 in August. It was uh, bumped up to 300. 66,000 jobs for August. So maybe the 194 will be bumped up too. I don't know when they, what happens is they, they they put the number on the street as fast as possible. And then they, uh, data comes in later and they revise things. Uh, It also showed in this report that the unemployment rate fell to 4.8%. And uh, that more reflects a decline in the labor force participation among women than anything else. And also the average hourly earnings jump. Uh, uh, The job growth in September was the slowest this year. And uh, uh, that could impact what the Federal Reserve is going to do in November. Remember, we talked about uh, their September meeting. They talked about... uh, a, the recovery, the economy has recovered uh, well enough that we can start uh, uh, start easing back or start tightening up on the uh, credit. So uh, the unemployment rate in uh, September uh, fell to 4.8. Uh, that will probably give them enough ammunition to start uh, their tapering in either November or December. Uh, the number of employed, unemployed people edged down to uh, 7.7 million, 
And uh, both of these measures are considerably down from their highs at the end of the February, April uh, 2020 recession. Uh, there still remains above the uh, uh, levels prior to the COVID pandemic. For instance, before COVID hit, the unemployment was uh, 3.5%. Today, it's 4.8%. And at that time, uh, when the COVID hit, there were 5.7 million people uh, unemployed. And today, there are 7.7 million unemployed. So, you know, when, when I kick around these numbers like uh, 7.7 million and things of this nature, uh, next week we'll be going over the JOLTS report, which is the job uh, job openings that made the turnover report. And that basically shows that uh, there's a greater number of people moving around each month than you would ordinarily expect. And then the reason for that is because the U.S. workforce is huge. In other words, you're basically talking about somewhere in the order of uh, uh, between the uh, the governments and the private uh, uh, industry. You're talking about uh, 150 million uh, people, and uh, it's not unusual to see about four million of them move around each month. You know, a better job, uh, retirement. Uh, Generally, it's a, a better job. In today's environment, you're seeing that uh, there's a lot of job opportunities and people, employers need people. Uh, people are reluctant, maybe, to particularly to get into the uh, into the jobs that require contact with other people, like, uh, um, you know, sales and, and uh, retail sales and, and uh, uh, restaurants and things of this nature. But uh, there's a lot of opportunities out there, and people are moving uh, around. Uh, and uh, going back to that report, the uh, Department of Labor report, the average hourly earnings uh, uh, basically rose 17 cents to $30.73. And... Uh, and what you're seeing is that wages over the last 12 months have gone up 4.6%. In the last uh, two years, so figuring that you're going to try to bridge 2020, they've gone up close to 8%. So uh, basically, employers are increasingly holding on to the workers they have uh, with a number of layoffs declining and uh, uh and in addition, applications for initial jobless claims fell by uh, 38,000 last week to uh, 326,000, and that was close to a pandemic low, according to the Department of Labor on Thursday. Uh, so, in other words, it, it's basically the employment situation is improving, but we've got uh, strange things happening with regard to the data in terms of, um, of uh, where are the workers and uh, uh, also uh, how do we get people, uh, uh, you know, the, one of the things that is uh, hindering workers right now is the uh, mandates for vaccinations. In other words, uh, a lot of companies are... Uh, setting about uh, mandating uh, vaccinations and uh, uh, 
uh, people feel that uh, it's, uh, uh, they'd like to see more time as to what the effect of these vaccinations are. So um, I know in the case of who's uh, at Cleveland Clinic, uh, you know, the nurses that are basically at, at home, uh, you know, the, the people that are off-site, they're, they're going to uh, do and the uh, mandates for vaccinations uh, happened in November of this year, and then you're going to see even more people uh, being brought back into the office to, to cover for the people that are being let go because they're not vaccinated or they don't want to get vaccinated. So there's going to be a bit of turmoil in uh, November as we go through that particular uh, episode. So... Um, you know, but uh, in the big picture, uh, that's what's happening. The big picture uh, shows that uh, uh, the private sector uh, added thirteen or three hundred seventeen thousand jobs in September, as opposed to the uh, the, the number one hundred ninety four, which includes both the the private sector and as well as the uh, public sector. And the big difference is the public sector, uh, the government sector, uh, posted a loss of something like 123 million, 123,000 jobs last month. And we'll get into that in just a second, how credible that is. And uh, basically, uh, uh, you've got 125 million people working in the uh, private sector. And uh, uh, that's up from 120 million in September of 2020. So things have improved. The government sector this month or last month, September, lost 123,000. The federal in the case of the federal government, which has a workforce of 2.9 million, there wasn't any change. Uh, the state government lost 22,000 out of a workforce of uh, 5.1 million. And uh, of the 22,000, 16,000 were in education, and the local governments, uh, they lost 101,000 uh, jobs out of a workforce of 14.1 million, and 144,000 of, of those jobs were in education. So uh, it's hard to tell with regard to those numbers. Uh, the COVID has really screwed up. Uh, the, the school numbers in terms of education, but, uh, that I mean, not just the teachers, the bus, the bus drivers, the, uh, all the support activities that go along with the uh, uh, running a school. Uh, so when the school goes on uh, virtual uh, learning, then uh, there's a big impact to those people. So. Uh, I'm not quite sure what to make of this 123,000 loss. Uh, whether that's just a, a timing thing that uh, maybe uh, maybe we saw a big gain. In, well, we didn't see a big gain in August. So uh, to me, it's one of those problems that you have to uh, you have to take into account. That uh, and there might be an issue there or a problem there that we really don't understand. The rest of the report is fairly straightforward in the sense that manufacturing uh, added 26,000 jobs. If we talked before about 
and the manufacturing is in good shape. Um, uh, construction uh, added 22,000 jobs, and uh, mining, they added uh, 4,000 jobs, mostly in support of the, uh, the oil wells and stuff like that. And uh, looking at private sector uh, service producing sector, uh, you're seeing that they gained uh, 265,000 jobs in September, and that includes stuff like retail, wholesale, trade, transportation, warehousing, financial activities, professional business services. And we'll go through uh, what happened in those areas. The employment and leisure and hospitality increased 74,000 in September with continued uh, job growth in art, entertainment, and recreation, and the employment in food and drinking places changed a little, but uh, uh, not a great deal. Uh, professional and business services saw a big increase. Uh, they added 60,000 jobs in September, and that includes uh, architectural and engineering services. That was up 15,000, management and technical consulting, 15,000 computer systems design and related services, 9,000. So the retail trade uh, increased by 56,000, and that, that's, a, that's preparation, I'm sure, for the Christmas uh, season. And the third uh, uh, clothing and clothing accessories increased 27,000, general merchandise stores increased 16,000. Employment and transportation and warehouse increased 47,000 uh, with uh, uh, warehouse and storage 16,000, couriers and messengers, messengers 13,000, and uh, uh, transportation 10,000. So uh, you just go down through the list and uh, uh, there's jobs out there. Uh, one of the things, another place that uh, I was surprised at was the employment in healthcare. And uh, employment in healthcare went down 18,000. And throughout this whole recession and pandemic and all the rest of it, um, healthcare was, seemed to be a uh, recession proof industry. So mainly the job losses occurred in uh, nursing and uh, residential care facilities. So that lo- they lost 38,000 jobs there, and hospitals lost 8,000. So, but the regular stuff like your doctor's office and, and uh, ambulatory, what they call ambulatory care, which was you could walk there, uh, they gained 28,000 jobs. So it's mainly been in the nursing homes and the, the residential care facilities that uh, basically fell off the face of the earth there. So. In in looking at what's happening there, it's just a matter of uh, seeing if we can get the get through this COVID and, and get the people back to work. Uh, and uh, one of the things, like I said, one of the things we're going to see in uh, November is a lot of mandates that uh, if you're going to work here, you have to be <clears throat> vaccinated, and that could, might cause a lot of disruption in the uh, uh, the hiring and the firing also. So uh, the other areas with factor, if you take a look at factory orders and stuff like that, basically factory orders were up 1.2% uh, 
you know, for the uh, for the month, and uh, and that was for August, and uh, which is great if I multiply that by twelve, you know, uh, uh, I show some good numbers, and, and basically that, that's one of the things that they do. They look at um, they look at basically uh, what is different parts of the manufacturing and uh, industry look like over the last uh, uh, year and uh, uh, shows that manufactured goods in uh, and, uh, August versus July. Manufactured goods are up 1.2% for the month. Doable goods manufacturing was up 1.8% uh, for the month. Uh, Non-durable manufacturing was up 6 tenths, and then you look at a uh, year to date, uh, from January to August, uh, you'll see the manufacturing goods is up 18% uh, comparing 2001 to 2020. And durable goods is up uh, 24.7%, and the non-durable goods is up close to 12%. So things look good there. So <clears throat> the economy is functioning. The economy is moving forward. Uh, the two big problems are basically the, the uh, supply chains as well as uh, uh, getting the people back to work through this um, COVID. So if you got any questions, you can give us a call. The number here is 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. See somewhere waiting for me My lover stands on golden sands And watches the ships that go sailing somewhere Welcome back to uh, Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Like I said, you can give us a Call over our toll free number is 1 888 281 1110. Hi, Jim. It's Colleen. I I have a question. So, Andy gave us a call. He wants to know um, he's currently working and he has health insurance coverage through his employer, which is great. But he wants to know when he's eligible, should he? Or is he required to enroll in Medicare Part A and B? Good question. Uh, to me, uh, I've, <laughs> I've had I've had a couple of clients that uh, uh, you know they're still working. They're still uh, everything's going along okay, and uh, uh, and they're just they don't worry about Medicare. Uh, uh, choosing Medicare at all because they're not retired, but Medicare is there. Medicare A, B, and D are there when you become 65 years old, and uh, uh, most people should enroll in the Medicare Part A, uh, which is basically premium free when they first become eligible, and uh, then you can choose whether you should be part of the Medicare B, which is the, the doctor's insurance and stuff like that. 
because there's a premium there. I think it's about $145 a month. In most cases, it'll be dependent on the type of health coverage you may have. And if your employer has less than 20 employees, you should basically sign up for Part A and B when you're first eligible. And uh, um, now if your employer has more than 20 employees, then you got to check with your benefits manager as to what you should do. In other words, when, when Andy asked this question, I assume that he's over 65, we're getting close to 65, and uh, you know, talk to your man, talk to your uh, human resource uh, department, and uh, uh, a lot of them will say go for the Medicare Part A, uh, but hold off on the Medicare Part B, and uh, that, that, those are basically things that are, are written into your uh, employee benefits, uh, such that if you're if your company says that you're supposed to go for uh, Medicare Part A, but uh, they'll, they'll continue to fund you for Medicare Part B while you're still working there. Uh, uh, and if you don't do that, if you don't know about it or you slip your mind or you figure, oh, well, nothing's changed, uh, you might get stuck with a big bill because part of the benefits might say that, uh, hey, uh, we we told you to uh, get get into Medicare Part A when you first became eligible for it, and uh, if you don't, then uh, we're not responsible for those bills that Medicare Part A would call would pay for, which are the hospital bills. So uh, it's a big uh, it's a big mistake if you don't do it. So. If you're getting ready for retirement or if you're retired and you're not paying attention to what's happening in Medicare, go down and talk to your HR department and uh, see what the rules and regs down there are. So um, if you suddenly uh, uh, become, if you don't, if you pass the 65 and uh, you don't worry about it until you suddenly find out that, hey, I'm supposed to sign up for Medicare Part A. Uh, then you'll suddenly find out that you're just, you you might have uh, be outside the enrollment period for uh, Medicare. Then you've got to have a, uh, uh, you know, then you've got to be in that special enrollment period. So you might have to stand there without your health insurance for a while. So make sure. Uh, if you get close to 65 or if you're over 65 and haven't paid any attention to uh, Medicare, uh, go check with your company. Make sure that uh, uh, what the rules and regs are because if you have the insurance, for instance, before 65 and the company is paying part of the insurance, then the insurance is, health insurance is generally very expensive. In other words, you're talking about for a group policy, you're talking about $7,000, $8,000 for an individual and $14,000 for a, for a family. And uh, if the company can have uh, Medicare pay for part of that, well, that, that decreases the premium uh, dramatically. So um, the, the company's got a say in all of this. So 
uh, get together with your HR department, find out what the rules and regulations are, so that you don't <laughs> you don't wander around and get suddenly I get ill and end up in the hospital and realize that hey, I was supposed to be signed up for Medicare Part A, uh, and then try to figure out who's going to pay for this hospital bill. And <laughs> good luck, Andy. Pay attention to what's going on there in terms of of the Medicare. Con- contact your HR department. Okay, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Need the shelter of someone's arms, and there you were. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is Jim McAleese again. And one of the things we talked about before was, hey, what's going on in manufacturing and service industries and things of this nature? And just let me give you an idea of uh, um, what, for instance, in the case of the Institute of Supply Management, uh, what the managers in that industry are saying. This one comes from the fabricated metal products, comments that delivery and availability of raw materials, principally carbon steel, are becoming more and more difficult to source. This has resulted in delaying order deliveries. Computer numerical control machining services are at a premium. It's difficult to get the deliveries needed to complete the jobs. Uh, traditional in-house machining now has to be outsourced due to a lack of experienced machinists. All this has had a negative impact on production uh, throughput. Um, what does uh, electrical equipment and appliances say? Well, they say customers' demand continues to swell as we prepare for the fourth quarter, and overall growth has been extremely good for the year. Supply chain concerns are growing beyond electronics and chips into most other commodities. Lead times are extending. Shipping lanes are slowing. And we do not see an end to this in 2021. And who else do we have? Paper products say we're still amazed at the labor market. We used to have 100 applicants for an opening. We now are seeing probably 10 applicants. And sometimes the applicants don't show up for the interviews. So what does machinery say? Our company's entire supply chain continues to have significant challenges getting manpower, which is impacting production of parts and ability to meet the gold schedules. Additionally, logistics problems, especially with port delays and the and the storage of shipping containers that are significantly impacting inbound and outbound statements. In other words, basically it's just a, a tale of woe uh, with regard to all the problems that manufacturing is seeing. And there's another tale of woe with regard to all the, the problems that uh, the service industry is saying. But basically they're working their way through uh, as best they can and uh, and negotiating with your suppliers seems to be a full-time job nowadays. This is Jim McAleese. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. (music) 
Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. With this COVID pandemic and the resulting recession and uh, the, the, uh, uh, all the problems with recovery, we're getting frustrated. Everyone is, 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 everything is dis- disrupted and we can't get back to normal. So what can we do? Well, here's the story. Once upon a time, a psychology professor walked around on the stage while teaching stress management principles to an auditorium filled with students. As he raised a glass of water, everybody expected they'd be asked the typical, is a glass half to empty or half full question? Instead of a smile on his face, the professor said, how heavy is this glass of water I'm holding? And the students shouted out answers ranging from eight ounces to a couple of pounds. He replied, from my perspective, the absolute weight of this glass doesn't matter at all. It all depends upon how long I hold it. If I hold it for a minute or two, it's fairly light. If I hold it for an hour straight, my arm might ache a little bit. If I hold it for a day straight, my arm might feel cramped and, and maybe even numb and paralyzed, forcing me to drop the glass. In each case, the weight of the glass doesn't change, but the longer I hold it, the heavier it feels to me. As the class shook their heads in agreement, he continued, your anger, stress, and worries are very much like this glass of water. Think about them for a while and nothing happens. Thinking about them for a bit longer and you begin to ache a little. Think about them all day long and you will feel completely numb and paralyzed, incapable of doing anything else until you drop them. It's important to realize and remember that let go of your anger, your stress, and your worries, no matter what happens during the day. In the evening, just put your burdens away. Realize that you are who you are. You're just one person, and you only control your immediate environment. So make your plans and act to control. And uh, until we meet again, uh, take care, and may God protect you and keep you safe. You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. 2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.